Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast on Northeast Streaming Sports. Hey guys, this is Georgia Smith. I am daughter of Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, and you're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. A warm welcome, it's episode 72 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast and my guest today is former WWF, WCW and Global Wrestling Federation superstar Scott Putski, the son of wrestling great legend Ivan Putski. He was a collegiate standout in American football, he was drafted to the Houston Oilers but there's a story behind that which then led to him going into wrestling hear about his time in WWF, you'll also get to hear about some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes in WCW. So, without further ado, my guest, former WWF, former WCW, former Global Wrestling Federation wrestler, Mr. Scott Putsky. Enjoy. My guest this evening, all the way from Fort Worth in Texas, former WWF superstar, WCW superstar, Global Wrestling Federation star too, Mr. Scott Putsky, all the way from Texas this evening on Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Hey, brother. How you doing, man? Good to be on, Stu. I've mived you for a long time to come on this. <laughs> so it's finally, I know you're a busy man, so I'm absolutely, I appreciate it so much, man, you sparing the time, because I'm sure you're busy with stuff. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sparing the time, man. I appreciate no it. No problem. Enjoy it, man. Now, I'm going to get right the way back here. When was... When was the first time you encountered pro wrestling? When, when, when are your first memories of pro wrestling? That's going to be my first one for you, Scott. Well, when I was a little kid here, uh, Dad started, you know, wrestling down here in Texas. Uh, Joe Blanchard got him going. You know, I'm sure you know Tully Blanchard, his dad. And back in the day then, you had three territories in Texas. I mean, you had, you know, Joe Blanchard had from Waco South, Fritz Von Erich had from Waco North, and then the Funks had Amarillo up in the Panhandle. But, yeah, I mean, 
Ah, man. It, I have a lot of good memories. Texas wrestling back then was way different than any. It was it was a mixture of ECW and WCW. It was the bodies and men of WCW doing the ECW stuff, like the, you know, the bull rope matches, the Texas street fights. Those are all here, you know, developed in Texas and done years before people up north or in different countries some of that. What a, what a state to be in, just to go back to that. As you say, the, 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 stuff, the stuff you got to see in a territory aspect. You know, forget oh, it was, it was incredible. Forget you know, back, then they, back then they traveled to different territories. I mean, you didn't just stay in one territory. Were you, were you aware of any other places outside of Texas through, through TV and stuff like that? Or were you just straight like... Oh, no, he worked for uh, Bill Watts up in Oklahoma, the McGurks in Louisiana, you know, Florida. California with Pat Patterson out there in, in uh, you know, San, Di uh, San Francisco, San Diego areas. I mean, all over. And then, you know, he went to Vince. <clears throat> he was one of the, the really guys to get it going with Vince McMahon back when his WWF. And uh, he was just loyal to Vince, but still he'd do stuff with Joe Blanchard and Fritz. And uh, uh, he just, you know, he had a loyalty to the guys that got him going. So he, on his days off, They'd come down and work for Fritz and then, you know, fly in from New York and land in Dallas. And it was him and Bruiser Brody. And uh, they'd land in, in Dallas and then they'd come down and work for Fritz in Dallas and they'd drive down and work for, you know, Joe, Mr. Blanchard in in Austin or San Antonio. And and uh, then they'd go home or stay for a day. And a lot of times Bruiser, would, Bruiser was from San Antonio. And so uh, that's kind of how it worked. So, but. A lot of times he just stay over at our house instead of make the drive late. And, but what a good guy too. What was you when you first when you first met Bruiser? What did you think? As, a, as you know, assuming you were you were quite young at that point, what was your first thought when you saw him in person? He was one of my dad's friends. I mean, you got to understand back then. I mean, I I grew up and my dad knew Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, the. The Pittsburgh Steeler line, John, you know, John Cole, Mike Webster, guys like that, Thornton, and just he was always around big guys. So he was in the world's strongest man competition with Brian Oldfield and Reinhardt and Williams and and uh I was just around that man and I just assumed that's how men were back then. You just you grew up and you got big. I mean, that's just kind of the mentality that we were around. So I don't think I was ever really intimidated by it, but it was oh, just no. So it was just a thing. It was just a normal day for me. Who were some of the guys, you know, when you obviously saw it as a kid, who, who were some of your favorites in Texas and further afield? Who, who did you like watching? Who who, who, grab, oh, who who'd you gravitate to? Wahoo McDaniels, mm -hmm. uh, the Kabuki. Oh, man. Uh, Scott Casey. Uh, I can't, uh, shoot. Lo, uh, Jose Lothario, Mil Mascaras. Um, I mean, Jimmy Snuka, of course, you know, uh, Bruno, uh, giant Andre, I mean, superstar Billy Graham was one of my favorites that my dad worked with probably if not the favorite, uh, guys like that, man. I mean, I just, I was around all that. I mean, back, I, I'd say I was around wrestling back when it was real. Go back, go back to superstar, go, going back to superstar. He, he was miles ahead of his time, wasn't he? Yeah, him and Dad were the first ones that were bodybuilders. You know, Dad went from being real big, the dumb Pollock, 
And then he got into, you know, with hooked up with Schwarzenegger and all those guys and just started bodybuilding. I mean, and at the end, he was just shredded. When when did your dad move from Poland to the States? I thought I'd like to ask you that, actually. Well, dad was in a concentration camp. They were liberated from a concentration camp in, in uh, Poland, and they went to Austria, and then they came over to the United States when, uh, you know, well, they were liberated from the concentration camps when the Americans invaded. And uh, from there, they went to Austria, lived in Austria for about a year, and then they came over to uh, Texas as misplaced persons. Right, okay. Yeah, I thought I'd ask you that because I didn't know you, know you were the man to ask on that one, definitely. When, yeah. to you now, when did you start training in pro wrestling? When did, when did you get your start, man? Probably when I, you mean just working out and training in it? I think getting, yeah, getting yourself into, you know, getting yourself ready to become a wrestler. I think if you yeah, oh, stand off that, man. I mean, all my life, man, we used to get in the ring when we were kids, me and my two brothers. and But the only difference where we weren't smart, we weren't smarted up there was a work. And so we'd beat the shit out of each other. I mean, if we gave each other a clothesline, <clears throat> we'd give you each other a clothesline. They, you know, before the matches, we'd go in and, the rings are set up and nobody's in there and all the you know guys are in the back and we'd get in the ring, you know, dad's like, yeah, y'all get in the ring and play. And, you know, we'd been around it all our lives and we'd seen it. So we'd get in there. And I mean, if we kicked each other, we kicked each other. If we punched each other, we punched each other. I mean, nobody smarted us up. So we were beating the shit out of it. And I just remember the, you know, the, the old timers just laughing and we kicked the piss out of each other. <laughs> so, you you want you wanted to be a wrestler at that point? Was it always in your mindset, or did you want to do no, something else? I mean, I think it was something that I knew I'd always fall back on. I, I played football. I was uh, yeah. I went to TCU, Texas Christian University, um, Division One football. Started four years at Texas Christian. Then I went and got drafted. I went to Houston, played with the Oilers. Wow! And my rookie season in camp, I tore my Achilles heel, so I was done with that. So I took about a year or two off and then just started, you know, getting into wrestling. But when I originally started wrestling, it was my summer job in college. I worked for the Savoldis and ICCW up there in, you know, New York and all that area up there. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot of shows, probably 10, 11 a year, you know, but that's where I got my start with the Savoldis. Did the football help you in the sense starting out and training for wrestling? Did you take something um, from that and then, implement it into wrestling well i mean i was always an athlete so it didn't really matter i just you know toughness wise i mean football is a lot tougher than wrestling hands down i mean it's not even close it's, you know um and i was a running back so i mean i was and you know i wasn't afraid to run you over so my my deal if i broke in the you know broke out if there was one guy i was gonna run towards him and try to just you know run his ass over so it wasn't you know it was just a transition, really. I mean, I don't think – I think, you know, you look back at, at all, back in the, you know, 60s, 70s, and the early 80s, most of those guys, well, all of the wrestlers were an ex-collegiate athletes, yeah. you know, in baseball, football, mm -hmm. wrestling, or something. You know, they didn't just take any kid off the street and let, let them wrestle. And it was more of a fraternity back then. You know? total, total different times, wasn't it, Scott? You know, for me, from yeah. – what, what I've read and what I've seen as a fan, yeah. you 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 being in it, just times right. times then, man, it was just totally different, wasn't it? Right, Stu. I mean, I was the kid. I was the son of Ivan Putsky, and he didn't smart me up till I was probably out of high school. Wow. Yeah, so it was a yeah. work, and it was constantly, you know, that was back when Kayfabe was alive. 
now she's like 20 feet under. <laughs> I still watch it. I still watch the current product. I think I'm going to get myself in trouble with you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, if people don't like what I say and it, it, if it bothers them, then the truth hurts. That's all I can say. That's, that's I'm not going to give you any bullshit. I, I won't I, lie I to wouldn't... you. And if anybody gets offended by me, they're just pissed off because the truth hurts. I would not expect anything less from you, man. Say, exactly. say, say it how it is. Be true in it and that's it. Yeah. So going right back on. to how, how was training in the early days when you were first? It was tougher, man. I mean, uh, you know, I got trained by my dad, Scott Casey. Um, uh, I mean, there was a lot of people involved in it because I'd get, you know, over the course of my life, I'd get in the ring and the different wrestlers would even show us when we were kids. They'd, hey, hey, do this, do this, you know. So, and just being around them, you know, it just, it was just like an evolution since I was a kid. So, it wasn't, and if you looked at my style as opposed to my father's, it's like, you know, night and day. It's not even the same kind of really style. Did you want to, did you take things from other guys when, when you were building up move sets and, and stuff like in the training, or how, how did you go about that in, in the early portion of it with training? Everybody steals shit from everybody, man. And anybody <laughs> says they're making stuff up, they're full of shit. Everybody steals. Hey, it's like rock and roll. Rock and roll stole shit. Everybody steals. There's no, Nobody's reinventing the wheel, brother. The wheel's already been invented. We're just kind of putting little, you know, tricks and turns on it. But as far as all the moves, They've already been developed. Now people are just kind of tweaking them, doing different things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I stole a lot of shit from people. I wouldn't say steal it. I borrowed it. Did you have it? Did you have those moves in mind yourself from the start, or did it just come as you, the further you went on? The further I went on, I, you know, I didn't really – and I have never thought – I mean, I can't say never thought. It was in the back of my mind, but I always thought I'd go ahead and play football. And, you know, that was pretty much my life, um, that and weightlifting and – you know, when that was over, then the next step naturally was, I mean, and I have a degree in criminal justice from oh. TCU. So, you know, but this was a lot funner job. <laughs> That's what my missus got, criminal justice, funnily enough. Mm-hmm. She's got the same, she's got the same degree. So there we go. Yeah, man. Right. Was there anybody noteworthy training with you at the same time? Was oh, there- yeah. Uh, Booker T, uh, his brother. Who else was in there? Yeah, Dad trained uh, Booker T, or, or what do they call him now? Booker T, right? Yeah, Booker. He, he stuck with Booker. Yeah. Yeah, Booker T, his brother Stevie. Yeah. Back then, when when he was training, they the first name they Dad gave uh, Booker T. His name was GI Bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then, then yeah. Steve, his brother was the Super Collider. I've had Stevie on. Finally, yeah, his, I his, spoke his to Stevie last year. Collider. Um, that's cool. Did you could you see early on with them two that they were going to be a big yeah big thing? There was a couple guys back then. Two other guys, man, I can't remember their name. One guy did like a Thor gimmick. Another guy did an Indian gimmick. They were great. They just you know didn't really, um, I guess stick with it. But they had the they had the talent. There was a lot of people that had talent. How how long was it until the first match then? Um, well, I, I, like I said, I trained and did it, you know, in the summer when I was wrestling mm-hmm. or playing football, collegiate football, but, uh, till I really got into it was, uh, when I came, when I, when I really said, okay, I'm gonna make this a job. Um, when I came to Dallas and worked for global. 
Where, uh, what, what year was that? Uh, probably 94. Wow. Yeah, 94. And that was back when uh, Grizzly Smith, Jake's dad was booking there. What a beautiful person, man. What, I mean, that guy. And, you know, I've heard some of the bullshit stories that Jake's claimed about him. And uh, that's not the man I know. Not at all. I would, I would give him a finger if he really said that. But his dad was a beautiful person, the kindest, nicest. You know, he probably helped me the most when I started out after him and Skandar Akbar, when I'd come back and they were pretty much the bookers back then, I'd come out from a match and they, you know, we'd sit down and he didn't do it with just anybody. You know, he did it with me and it, it really helped. And he'd say, you know, Scotty, you know, you did this and this, and that was awesome. You know, you kind of need to work on this. And, and right here, we need to tell a different story and, you know, we watch videos, and he, he was just, I mean, what a great human being. And he, he's the one Jake got the mind from. <laughs> his, his wrestling mentality from his father. That's, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. Who, match, matches within Global, some, some that maybe stand out for you in, in that time frame? Um, I'll, I, there was a guy, Rod Price. I don't know if you're familiar with Rod Price. Uh, I, no, if I don't know someone, I'll they be like They called him no. the California stud. Big guy. He played with the Raiders for years. Uh, him, uh, Johnny Layfield worked with him, worked with, uh, uh, man, I just, a lot of people. Black Bart. But I, like it. I love Black Bart, man. Oh, what a great person. Good I guy. Him. I still keep in touch with Bartski. Did some... Did some shoot interviews recently, yeah. actually. He's done, they're really good. The, 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 yeah. the depth, the depth that he went into. and uh, Yeah, incredible, right. man. That's Bart. That's Bart. Uh, Eddie Gilbert. Uh, yeah. Raven was down here before he was Raven. I forgot. He was like a preppy guy or something. I don't even remember what it was. But you had a lot of guys come through here, you know, it's through good. Texas, uh, Dallas. I mean, I know like The Undertaker, Warrior, uh, Von Erichs, they all got their start down here. I was going to say, was it, how long were you down there? And then did it lead to WWF straight away from Global? Um, well, I what people don't really understand is I, you know, before I went to WWF, I worked with uh, War in Japan. I worked with uh, uh, Mexico. I worked all over, man. I mean, I, I really kind of, perfected my art and by going into different territories loved japan absolutely loved it um hated the flight and hated the uh just being up there so long but as far as the work i loved it. i was up there with like uh well, we were the first six-man tag for war me bob Backlund, and warlord and then uh i mean ultimate dragon was up there uh and uh, uh don morocco came up there and they put him in a devil's costume it was funny. The first time he came up, because we had already been up there, and he came up, and they put him in a devil's costume with the mask. And he's like, you know, I'm Don Morocco. What the fuck? And so uh, they were like, well, we, this is what we want to do, and da-da-da-da-da. So he was like, okay. So he went out there in the devil's costume. I mean, he had a tail, like a devil's tail and everything. <laughs> At the end of the match, he rips his tail off and just started beating the dude with it. It was funny as shit. And finally, they are like, all right, man, you're Don Morocco. <laughs> So that shit was gone. How long were you out? How long were you out in Japan for, Scott? I, I, I'd go I'm... for like three week tours. Couple, I went yeah. on a couple tours up there. Then I went to uh, Mexico and I did the Conan 2000 gimmick. Yeah. 
I've that was yeah. crazy, funny shit. But it was it was fun, and I, you know, it's just like, I mean, to me, the 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 Mexico style of wrestling, the lucha style, it's just like, and and guys don't really do it as much, you know, like we did, because we actually had to follow their style. You know, you got Americans going into Mexico now, and they pretty much do their own thing, but we had to kind of follow that style, and it was like a Chinese fire drill, man. It's like, dude, and they're like. I wasn't tagged. They were like, yeah, but you got to go in. I'm like, well, shit, what's the rules? And there, it was like, there aren't none. So one guy goes out, you go in, you know? And uh, a funny story is uh, I was out there and I'd been there a while. So we were getting over. And it was after I had fought a uh, Ruben Pua Salibaris. He's a world welterweight champion. He was wrestler versus uh, uh boxer. And we did that. Went to Mexico city, uh, Guadalajara, uh, Monterey, just all over. It was it was fun. Ruben was a good guy, and we did that. And then they next, about probably the next tour I went up there. They the original tour was going to be me and Mil Mascaras. So we start working, you know. And I've known Mil since I was a kid, and he was still in great shape. Of course, I was like two sixty, just huge. And so uh, you know, respect. He gets in there. I let him shine. I mean, I bumped, and I didn't bump for nobody there. I mean, I was 10 times bigger than everybody, so physically, so I wasn't going to bump for those guys. But it was Mil Moscardus, and he was still in good shape. So I bumped more than I should have, more than I ever would have for anybody else other than my dad or my brother. And so uh, it comes my turn to shine, and we switch it. I go to hit a clothesline, and he didn't even budge. Of course, I didn't lay my clothesline in like I laid in on everybody else on him. So I said, okay, we're going to play that game. So I just hit the ropes and bow, just took his head off. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm just pounding him on the back. You know, most guys there were real gentle with him. So I'm just pounding him on the back, pounding him on the I take him up to the top rope. Off the top rope, he's like, Scott, what are you doing? I was like, <laughs> suplex, big daddy. And stood him straight up and came off the thing. So anyway, long story short, after the match, we go to the back and all the little – you know, Lucha guys are like looking, what's Mill going to beat him up? He's going to, so we're sitting in the back and we had our own room and, you know, I take my stuff. I'm sitting there taking my stuff off when he comes in and he says, uh, Scott, you need to stop being so stiff. And I was like, Mill, I mean, I, you know, I gave you so much and, and, and you just didn't give me nothing back. So I had to take it, you know, and I go, dude, I, he goes, I understand. I understand you're old school. I said, yes, sir. And, and uh, he just said, man, he said, you're just like your daddy. Cause my dad was known for being a stiff crowbar sucker. <laughs> so it's just like that mutual respect between you. Right. Yeah, right. But at I the mean, end of the day, in the, in the same thing, I'm going to, I'm going to give anybody respect, but if they disrespect me, then it's off. I mean, we'll do it. We can do it one of two ways. It's going to be the easy way or the hard way, but it's going to get done. And you know, the thing I was always brought up and the one thing I'll always, well, there's two things I'll always remember that my dad told me as a, you know, getting into the business. He said, one, they can't see it. I mean, they can't feel it. They can only see it. Mm -hmm. So make them feel it. I mean, even if you have to be stiff, make them feel it. Never underdo it, overdo it. And two, the day you start believing your gimmick is the day you're done, son. The day you start believing you're Scott Pusky for real, <laughs> check it out. And it's true because you got a bunch of these guys and, uh, 
you know, they're sitting here calling a lot of people jabronis. They're the jabroni. They're the freaking mark for themselves, you know? I mean, they really think they're these guys, and they're not. And most of these guys aren't even tough. I mean, you'd be surprised. Is it like a pretense, is it, with some of these guys? Yeah, it's, that they're, it's that they're pretend. Tough? It's la-la land. It's fake. Yeah. Wrestling is fake. If you can't, if you ain't figured that shit out or if people hadn't told you, it's fake. <laughs> you know? I mean, there's difference between guys and they're going to be, some are stiffer than others, which is the way it should be. And, it, you know, back in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, it was more stiff than it is now. Then it became the, the you know, oh, don't touch me, don't do this. And guys are, you know, missing guys by a mile and they're taking bumps. In, in terms of Mexico, uh, which, which other guys were in and around with you at the same time, coming through that you have a lot of respect for and, and, and enjoyed their style? Uh, Pedro Aguayo was there, Mil Mascos, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. They had two guys, the Porkies. They were two big, fat guys. Funny, great, great guys. Um, Pirot, he was there. Um, he, uh, of course, uh, you know, I know Ray and Huvitude. Mm -hmm. Huvi's a good guy. I love Huvi and Ray. Um, I can't even remember. There was a guy that was, he was a big, taller guy. Oh, man, I'm trying to think of his name. But he had like an Ewok part. His little friend, well, you know who I'm talking about? I don't. Like no, a, I'm nodding. I'm nodding, but I'm like nodding just like seeing what you anyway, said. He's, like he's a bigger Hispanic guy, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Luchador. But he, he had a mask and he, uh, man, I'm, I can't even remember his name. But he, he had a little Ewok thing. And it was a midget. And it, I mean, I don't know if you can say midget. Well, he's a midget. Anyway. So he had the, the, the Ewok costume, and it was so freaking real. He had the teeth and the eye. I mean, it looked real. And he, when he fall, he had the little pods on his feet, you know, the little pads that were leather, and they were, he was furry. And so we ended up tagging together, and the little thing would be there, and I'd just, like, start – I mean, like a dog. I'm thinking, shit, you know, after a while, you just kind of – and I'm start petting. He'd, like, slap my hand, and I was like, man, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't mean that. I just – you know, you look like an animal. And so he sit there, and then I just look at him like, man, this little thing's cute. And I start petting him, and he's like, slap his hand. I'm like, dude, stop. I'm like, I'm sorry, man, I keep forgetting. How, how did the Mexican crowd differ for you from your perspective to the American fans? It's the same. It's the same. To me, it was the same. Just because they say, they say about, like, Japan, don't they? The way the way the spectators are in Japan, more 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 observing. But I was just seeing maybe if there was a difference in Mexicans. But yeah, they, Japan. It's if uh, you're doing spots and they're they're uh, uh, you know they'll get up with you, but once you just kind of get around, move, and then they go down, they sit down. It's it's weird. The first time I went out, there, I was like, what the hell is this? And so what we did, me and uh, Terry Warlord and and uh, Backlund, we were like, all right, the last day of the tour, we're like, we're gonna make these suckers. We're just gonna burn them out. So we get in, we do big. And the funny thing was, is me and Terry would do all these power bombs, stuff off the top. I mean, these big power moves, and they pop. But Blackland would go out there, wave his hands over his head, and just do chicken, stupid chicken things, and they pop just as big. We're like, man, we're got, we're doing something wrong, bro. <laughs> we're doing something wrong. He's got the, he knows what he's doing. But anyway, so we'd get in there and we'd make them pop, and then they, you know, they'd sit back down. We'd get out of the ring. We'd bring them up, say, get up, get up. And they'd start clapping. We'd get back in the ring. We'd start doing stuff. As soon as they sat down, we, we'd get out of the ring. So then they kind of figured, shit, we got to cheer this whole match or they're not going to do nothing. <laughs> so we did that. Have you got any more stories about Backland? Anything you can remember? Any Anything? 
Oh man, Bob was a good. He was a good guy. I remember we'd be on a bus or a train or something, and he always reading. He'd always be reading, and so uh, we're sitting there, and uh, he uh, would look. He'd have his, you know, me and Terry sitting there listening to music or playing video games or something, and uh, he'd turn around, he'd look at us, and he said, "We'd take our headphones off. We'd say what? He'd say like, you know, Inconlatus Mendosus." Okay, and then he'd give us the definition of it. Yeah, I mean, he was always, I, he read dictionaries, man. The guy read a dictionary for words. He was intelligent, I mean, yeah. and a good guy. But he, yeah. I'm telling you something, that guy was a shooter. He was a lot tougher than 99.9% yeah. of the cats today. I, yeah, Bob was a shooter. Any, anything I've seen with him, I've seen obviously videos of fans. He, he's, he's fantastic with the fans as well. He's very, good he's very good. Yeah. You can tell. Very good he, he, he loves it. He loves it. And, uh, you know, he, he had, he was with those fans for a while in this video. You yeah. know, anything yeah. they asked, he, he, he answered. Yeah, howdy them. doody. Like howdy doody. That's who I used to call <laughs> him. I'm going to fast forward a bit now. WWF. I, mm -hmm. I remember you coming into WWF, watching mm -hmm. over here in the UK. And I remember you working a program with um, Brian. Christopher. Brian Christopher, yeah, with, with Brian Lawler. So how, how was that going into WWF? How, how did WWF come about, actually, Scott, before we say about matches? Well, I mean, they've been around all the time because Dad was the first class of the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, you know, and Vince Sr. loved my dad. Vince Sr. absolutely loved my dad. He probably loved Dad more than he did his own kid. And, you know, back in the day, Dad had a place in Manhattan. He had an apartment in Manhattan that Vince paid for he had a car up there that he paid for. You know, he wanted our family to move up there. But, you know, of course, we were football players. So my dad was like, you can't get out of Texas and play football. So he wasn't going to do that. So we'd go up and visit and stuff like that. But, um, you know, so it was always there. And I think if Vince Sr. would have been alive, I would have done a lot more than I did as opposed to Vince. Because Vince and dad, Vince, I call him Vinny. He's not really Vince. Vinny. Didn't like that. They had a rift between each other. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, looking back, you know, that's kind of why I left after I got hurt. But, yeah, he, he didn't want to. I mean, the, the dumbass put me in a light heavyweight. I was 250. I always, just going on, just actually, can I just say about this? We, I was 11, I was 11 years old at this point when you came in. Mm -hmm. That guy, this guy is jacked. I always, even at even at that age, I'm thinking he's too right. big. he's too big yes. to be working a program at light heavy. And John Michaels is 180 pounds and he's the heavyweight champ. Yeah, I didn't get it. I mean, and, you know, I'd ride with with uh, with uh, I was always hanging out with uh, Joe and uh, animal uh, animal and Hawk, and um, they were like, "Man, this is bullshit." He's got something against you, and I was just like, "Man, it don't matter. He don't like my." And so they basically just, you know, they kind of, they helped me out, man. I mean, they kept me on kind of an even keel. But, uh, yeah, it was shit. It was shit. It was, oh, I mean, oh. it was good, the work-wise. Mm. But it just, you know, just how they kind of treated me was shitty. Yeah. How, how, was it, how was it backstage from your perspective? Or did you just not uh, get involved? Well, in you know, you had the click with Sean and those guys and, Sean didn't like anybody that was better than him. And, you know, they were going to try to put the thumb on anybody. It was back politics like anything, you know. I mean, they wouldn't say it to your face, mm. but you knew what was going on. 
How how was Brett with you? Brett was great. I mean, yeah. Brett, Davy Boy, all those guys. Yeah, Owen. I was in good with them. So, mm-hmm. you know, they really couldn't. He couldn't do anything, and of course, he, they wouldn't do anything. But it was just, it was just a weird deal. You know, it's it's like, you know, and and I look back and I wish him. I really wish MMA would have been around. UFC mm-hmm. would have been around back then because I mean, I was I was a legit athlete. I mean, yeah, I was, yeah. I, and I would have done that because you know, in that. If you kick somebody's ass, you kick their ass. I mean, there's nothing they can't tell you. Not you know, if you get your ass beat, you get your ass beat. I mean, there's no story. I mean, there is pseudo storylines to build up to the to the match, but once you get in there, and Conor McGregor, my God, he's the one that made UFC and MMA what it is today. I'm not. I mean, having, I'm not having people moaning about him at all. He, look how much he he is the cash cow. Look how much money he's made. And and, and he well, what gets, is he supposed to do? People 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 are like, um, oh, he's crap. He's this. He's that. He he's been the he's been the benchmark. He pulls in the most buy rates. Right, right. I and don't, you can't deny that. I can't. I I I, I, I love him. I, I was a I was up on the weekend for the fight. I, I, you know, I, I think I was dumb, man. I, I I really thought he was going to beat him, but I well, think, he should have. But he just didn't take into account those leg kicks. No, that was with his downfall. Mm-hmm. Why I don't know. I mean, but that was it. First round, he had him. Yeah, he was. He was up. He definitely. He, he, yeah. was, he had the highest strike. He had the highest strikes. Yeah. Courier, just, Courier couldn't land the strikes. He just he wore his legs out. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't hitting him in the shins. He was hitting him in the calves. So that's just me. Now, if he'd have turned his feet out and he'd have hit those calves, he would stop kicking. They need to. They're gonna have to do. A, they're gonna have to do the trilogy fight now because it's one right. one. They have to do that. Um, yeah. I well, st- he said he he said it. You know, he's interested. I I I still maintain his his best division, his best weight is one fifty five. I know yeah. he's I know he's flip flopped up to one. Yeah, he can't go down. He gets too depleted. Yeah, and then one seventy. I think it's too much for him in terms of cardio. Yeah. I I, right. uh, I he's got to stay at one fifty five, Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. We've segued into MMA here. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah, man. But uh, New York, and then uh, you know, once I got hurt in that that uh, pay per view, what happened was is um, you know uh, Brian was going to do a plancha, you know, where they jump over the rope yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and come on, man, the guy wasn't athletic. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, you know, good guy, but the guy wasn't athlete. He, I mean, you never saw him do stuff like that. And so, you know, when he when he said it in the back, I was like, man, have you ever done that before? And, uh, oh, yeah, I've done it a bunch of times. I'm like, okay, man. I mean, we'll do it. You know, when they do it, they come out with a, like a cross body and you just kind of stop them. Mm-hmm. You know, basically yeah. you just push them. You just kind of break their fall and push them, let them fall. Well, if you go back and watch it, he goes and he's he turtles and he's falling on his back. He's actually, I mean, if he hits the ground, he's going to, hit solid concrete Mm -hmm. with the little, you know, half an inch mat. So just, you know, the, 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 I mean, I don't know what you would call it. I mean, just instinct, Mm -hmm. you know, thought, Oh shit, I got to catch him. So I reach out and I'm not even close. So I'm reaching out and I'm on one leg and I reach out to break his fall and catch him and I catch him and I pull him back, you know, so I'll kind of roll and uh, man, I felt something in my quad. I'm like, what Mm -hmm. the hell? So, he gets up, goes back in the ring. I try to get up, and, man, I, it's like this pain in my quad. 
So I pull my knee pad down and my kneecap is sticking straight up. Yeah. Mom. So, you know, your instinct is you're in shock. So I grab my kneecap and I push it down. It clicks. I'm like, oh, shit, it's just, you know, my kneecap popped out, which you don't stand up straight if it pops out. So I pull my knee pad up and I start to get up and my quad starts rolling up my thigh. Oh, I... and I'm like, oh, shit. And so that was it. I mean, I couldn't even move at that point. But I want to give kudos to Sheik, the Iron Sheik, man. Sheiky went all the way with me to the hospital, you know, everywhere. You know, Scotty, your daddy want me to be with you now. You know, your daddy would want me to be with you. And I was like, Sheiky, it's good, man. I, you know, and he was in the, in, the, in the ambulance with me. He stayed in the hospital for a while. Finally, I told him, look, Sheiky, baby, you got to go, man. I mean, <laughs> they're going to give me some good stuff here in a little bit. And, I, you know, I don't want to sit here and dream about you, partner. <laughs> So Shiki went on, but he what a what a what a genuinely good person. That's incredible, man. They like yeah. uh, he was there right the way through. That's yeah. Can't say can't say any better than he's that. Old school. You know, Shiki's he's a good guy, man. I mean, he knew my dad and they had respect for each other. So he you know, it was almost like I was a kid. He was gonna take care of his mm -hmm. kid. And he did. I mean, you know, he, he took my mind off a lot of it and you know if I would have been there by myself, it'd have kind of been a trip. In, in hindsight, then, prior to the injury, who would you have liked to have worked with in that time in 97 in, in WWF? Oh, I'd love to work with Brett, with mm. Davey Boy, with Owen, with, you know, all those guys. Scott Hall. I mean, to me, and from what I know <clears throat> and what I've seen, Scott Hall was probably the best worker Mike guy ever in the business, in my opinion. My opinion. I think Scott Hall was better than anybody there. Anybody. On the mic, his work, and, uh, you know, just, you know, his demons got him, and, and, and that's what it was. And, you know, I pray he, he gets better and he comes through. But my opinion, Scott Hall was the best hand to them. Look, look, what, look what they had to do with him, man. They, 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 had him, they had him as heel when he first came in. He got, right. he got over. He got over so quickly. They had right. to. They had to turn him face. We all, you know. Right. You, I didn't. I didn't hate him as a kid. I was like, right. this guy. This guy is cool. Even I could see when I was tiny. Right. And, and 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 yeah, he should have been world champion, Scott. Oh, easy, and he, he should have been champion. I, and I'm not just. I'm not just saying that. I'm not just because I'm not. No, I agree with you. 100%. I'm not pandering. I'm not pandering to you because you're saying it. I right. Right. totally agree. Totally agree, right. man. He, and then you get to WCW, and he was NWO. All his monikers and all his movements, all his gestures, Hogan would steal them from him. And then he'd think of something else. Then Hogan, I mean, and that was the demise of, of WCW was Hogan, Nash, and those guys. They didn't want to pass the torch. They wanted to stay on top as long as they could. And they forgot what, what guys did for them, what the men did for them back in the day. They were trying to hold on to their glory days as long as they could. Then you have a jack-off like Eric Bischoff running. Who who was Eric Bischoff? What did Eric Bischoff ever do? He, I think he was a commentator, wasn't he? I mean, I never even saw him commentate, but that's what they told me. And now you're running a company. And then you have Ted Turner's money. And Ted Turner told the company he didn't give a shit how much money the company made. He'll pump as much money into He wanted Vince's ass. He mm -hmm. wanted to take over Vince McMahon. So you got Ted Turner money. You got all this talent, and you fail. You fold. 
I mean, that's on Bischoff and the jabronis in the back, you know, the, the Hogan's and all those guys that were trying to run the show. I mean, initially it was cool. Then it got boring. I mean, you can't do the same thing over and over and over. And while he was doing that, you know, as much as I hate Vince, but he, I don't hate him, but I mean, as much as I dislike Vince, he was building new talent. Yeah. And then once that little run was over with, everybody was like, "Yeah, they're going to keep the old guys and, you know, boom, here, let's watch these new up and coming studs. Because it could have been, and you look back, when you look back at that time frame, fan perspective, you know, you had like, you had, you had, you had Scorpio in WWF, great, great talent. There's guys there that could have done e even more. It was, it mm -hmm. was just, it was like, there was so much depth. And as you say, they wanted to make new stars. I know, I know it gets said, said time and time again. Vince was all for making new stars, wasn't he? Right. Well, but WCW didn't, but they had a ton of talent there, but they were running. Hogan, Nash, you know, Goldberg, and who else was there in there? That was about it, really. You know, those were the three that everybody had to go through. And it got old. Scott, how long were you rehabbing the injury? That's what I'd, I'd like to ask. How long was the rehab? The rehab for my, my uh, quad was about seven months, eight months. And w at the time, I had called Vince, and I said, man, you know, I'm not happy, and I just want to release. And mm -hmm. so uh, – they were, you know, we kind of went back and forth. And finally, I was just like, look, man, I just, you know, I don't, I don't even know if I want to wrestle. Anymore. This, you know, it sucks. And so they gave me my release. Well, at the time, I was good friends with Diamond Dallas Page. So DDP was like, hey, bro, come over to WCW, man. Fuck Vince, you know, let's go. We're going to make a big, you know. And, of course, I, I trust Dallas. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, this isn't going to be some bullshit. No, man, it's real, dude. This is real. We got Ted Turner's money. We got. So I'm like, okay. So as soon as I did, with the next day I signed with WCW. Well, WCW at first was cool. I mean, they were like, okay, you know, you're hurt. We're going to fly you out, just meet the guys and just kind of hang around, which was fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, later on, and the difference between Vince and WCW is Vince gives you everything for the whole month. He gives you your itinerary, your tickets, everything for the whole month. WCW, you were getting tickets. I mean, sometimes I got tickets, you know, a ticket on – you know, that was before, before, you know, before ticketless tickets. I mean, sometimes I get them sun, Saturday night for Monday night Nitro. And so I got so redundant, you know, I was so unhappy that, I mean, if the ticket didn't come in Friday, I wasn't going. And so we'd take the ticket. The ticket came in Saturday. I'd open the FedEx package, throw the FedEx package, just frisbee it out in the street, take the ticket and just keep it. And then... Next time I went to the airport, I, you know, we had the, the, like a Delta card and I just, you know, I had a platinum Delta card and I'd say, okay, they wouldn't give you the money for it, but they give you the value of the ticket. So you could use it on, man, I had probably $150,000 worth of tickets, no of money on a card for tickets. Yeah. Cause and so finally they smartened up and one, one Monday I get a call from, uh, 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 who was it? It was, uh, Terry Taylor. He's like, Scotty, where you at, man? I was like, man, I get a ticket, man. I didn't know I was on the show. He's like, oh, shit. He goes, okay, well, we're going to have a ticket down at Will Call. Get the ticket. I was, he's like, we need you on the show. I'm like, okay. So I go, and this is probably 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I get there. And, you know, back then, you don't have to wait in line. You just go is before all this crap. Mm -hmm. So I go. I fly to – it was it was Syracuse, New York, from Texas to Syracuse, New York. I get out, you know, rent a car, go to the uh, arena, get there, stand around for a second. I'm like, Terry, I'm here. He's like, oh, it's okay, man. We we don't need you. 
I was like, oh, okay. So I get back in the rent a car and split. And that's it. And I mean, that's what we do. We'd get in a lot of times, you know, because we were a TV company Monday and Thursdays. So a lot of times if you got on early enough, you know, back then you could change your ticket. So we, you know, just get a rent a car, go to the arena. And if, you know, I'd like, hey, man, I'd be kind of near the end. I'd say, hey, man, can y'all bump me up to the top so I can, you know, get out here? And they're like, yeah, we'll do it. So they bump you up to the top. You just put your clothes on, didn't need a shower, get your ass to the airport, and you were home that night. So, I mean, that part was good. The money was great. I mean, it was almost like, it was almost like, you know, I'd go out to my mailbox every two weeks and get a check. And I was looking around for, you know, are these dudes punking me, man? Someone's got a TV on me because this shit ain't, nothing's this easy. Nothing is this easy. I mean, you know, I'm getting a check for doing this and it's, you know, two TV. And I'm wondering, you know, you're used to traveling. And I saw how dad did it. And they were even worse traveling. And so, WCW could have been the best place in the world to work, but it ended up being the worst because of the uh, office. How long were you there for, Scott? In, in total? Uh, probably three, three, three and a half, four years. What was some of your, what was some of your favorite matches down there? Ah, uh, man, I worked with Eddie Guerrero. I worked with Jericho. I worked, I mean, just, you know, everybody. There was a lot of people out there that I got to, you know, it was the, us younger guys, man. You could know, you, could you see? Could you see what was coming with them guys earlier in their careers when you were down there? Yeah, where, yeah, where they were going to go. It was just a matter of it was just a matter of Hogan and them Bischoff giving them a shot. I mean, it was like there was a hundred guys like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, for every guy that did make it, there was two other guys that were just as good and just as talented. They just didn't get their shot. I, I used to, I used to love, I, I used to love the cruiserweight matches, man. Just yeah, to, I, but. But they always they always open the show. You know? Yeah, but the thing was is they started bringing in a lot of the luchadors and mm -hmm. stuff. But once Rey Mysterio and Hoovy worked together, Hoovitude, you couldn't follow it. Mm -hmm. I mean, when those guys had a match, I mean, once they hooked up and got into their you know zone, there was no way to even follow it. Even with the big guy match, you know, if you had Hogan in Goldberg, you couldn't even follow it because the shit they did was so incredible. What were, you, what were your thoughts on Goldberg with the streak and all that sort of stuff? I mean, it is what it is. I knew Bill. Actually, I played football. Goldberg was at Georgia when I was at TCU. He was a couple years older. But, yeah, we played against each other in college. Bill's a good guy, man. I love Bill. I mean, I respect him. And, you know, good for him, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, good for him. You know, I hadn't talked to him in a while. But when I was there, I mean, I, I don't have anything negative to say about no. him. That's cool, man. Yeah, well, he's back. He's back on WWE TV. <laughs> he's coming. Oh, really? He's coming. He, he's ta he's taking on the Scottish or, or uh, Pride of UK Drew McIntyre for the oh, for, for the title. Really? Yeah, man. Gold Goldberg Goldberg and Drew at the Rumble this this weekend. So mm. yeah, Drew Drew's come back and he looks a million dollars, but he's yeah. had he, he's had no fan he's had no fans in in the stadiums. So yeah. fingers crossed, man. Yeah, uh, they can't. I mean, they can't. They got to do something, Tim. Just like they reckon 20, 25,000 people at Mania this year in Tampa. So we'll see. We'll see, man. So they can't even see in Mania, they can't even fill it up, right? They, they're basically, because uh, of COVID, they're just, they're just right. working on like a third of capacity, I think. 
so they can get okay. some fans in. A bit like the NFL, where they've had like a Green Bay, where they had the fans in and stuff. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, yeah. Scott, if, if nothing else, man. So mm-hmm. after after WCW, back to you. What what happened after WCW, man? Um, that was really it, man. I you know at the time I had a kid. I you know I had a son was born. And I wrestled for about two years, and it just – it wasn't me no more, man. It, you know, my dad was never around when I was a kid, so I was going to do that to my son, and I was done, man. I just – I didn't have it. I didn't want it. I wanted to be around my family. What well, what did you what did you do after wrestling? What was – what were you doing? Oh, I used my degree. I was, I'm a, I was a gang officer for wow. the state of Texas. Yeah. Wow. Did, did it – was it – did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, you know, I, like I said, I liked the, uh, I mean, I had more rapport with the gang members than I did the bureaucracy of the state. So <laughs> those are the kind of guys I hung out with. So. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was just the thing where it was, you know, they were just a product of their environment. If you sat down and talked to them, they were no different than us, man. And it was, you know, they were a product of their environment and they just needed somebody to help them change. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some pure assholes out there, but, you know, the majority of them are their people are good people. We they just they don't have an outlet or they they're products of their environment is what it is. We all are products of mm-hmm. you know. Had I been in a different thing, you know, my dad been a plumber or my dad been a you know a mailman, that's probably what I would have done. Mm-hmm. You know, if your dad's a drug dealer, you're probably gonna be a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how it was. But as, or as, how it is. as you say, everyone deserves a second chance, don't they? Right, everybody's life. second, third, at least a third chance. <laughs> I'll I'll take that one from you, man. I love. I'll say to people, yeah. I deserve I deserve my third chance, man. Exactly. Any any good? We've you've you've spoke about the Road Warriors. Any good stories about Hawk Hawk um, and Animal Man? I'm sure I'm yeah, sure you've I'm got loads, man. Yeah, I mean, personal life is personal life. Yeah, you know, and I don't, I've never really liked that when people tell about that. No, you know, what I have and my bond with people is my bond with them. You know, and those are stories that. You know, I keep sacred, you know, good or bad, but I keep, you know, it's, I'm just going to keep them sacred. Where was your, that's fine. Where, what was your favorite venue to wrestle in? Madison Square Garden. How, how many times in MSG? Uh, I've probably been there, I mean, a bunch, 10, 15, 20, maybe. I, I, I mean, went, I was there when I was a little kid. So if you count those hundreds of times, because dad and them used to work there once a month. What was it just like the, the the vibe of the place for you? What, yeah, what, and how what it's it, set up. It's yeah. it's like a big sportatorium in Dallas, is what it is. It's like a pit, and that's how the sportatorium in Dallas was. I I went in 2013 to MSG, man. I, I was like, I've got it. Yeah. I was in New York. I was like, I'll go to the theater where they've had the boxing. I know uh, Tyson Fury had boxed in there years ago. Oh, so yeah, oh, man. Uh, what 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 about what about abroad where you've wrestled abroad, man? Venues, places, um, favorite places. Oh man, I you know I, I mean Tokyo Dome's cool. Um, man, just I mean there's so many places and it's just you know they're all. I re- I mean just favorite would be MSG because just of the the you know the the history of it and stuff like that. I mean, once you wrestle there, everything else is, you know, doesn't compare. I was going to, I had something, I had something else to ask you here before we go. Oh, it'll come back, come back in a minute, man. Oh, it's okay. It's gone. It's gone, Scott. I had something. I said, that was what I was going to ask. 
I think I know. I think I know what the answer is going to be. This: Do you see any wrestling, modern wrestling, or do you just stay away from it? Yeah, I don't even watch it. I'm an MMA, UFC guy. I just, I can't. I mean, I flip it on, and I it just, it just doesn't do it for me. That's, that's I, I thought that'd be the. Answer. I mean, even the NFL doesn't do it for me anymore. It's gotten so watered down. You can't hit nobody. <laughs> that's I mean, that's guys don't even. My God, guys don't even wear pads. They have no shoulder pads, no thigh pads, no knee pads, no nothing. I, I thought it, I thought that I thought that was part of, part of the game, the contact and the. Exactly. Back in the day, it was. Uh, now they make all this, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in two below. It's like two below or flag football. I think because you've said about MMA, we'll go into a bit of MMA. You've said about Connor. Which other guys? Which other guys you like watching in in the? I'm MMA? a big over. I like Overeem. I'm a big Overeem fan. Always loved. It. I loved him when he was jacked uh, up, monster. Pride. I busted him on the roids. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of went down. But I just when. When he took on Brock and kicked his kidney through his, I thought I saw his kidney go out of his ear hole when he kicked Brock in the kidney that time. And I mean, it just shows you the difference between real men, a fighter, and a guy who's the toughest man in the world in wrestling, and he gets beaten thirty-seven seconds by Overeem. I mean, that just that 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 kills the business. You know, that kills wrestling. The toughest guy in the world gets beaten thirty-seven seconds. Well, the toughest guy in professional wrestling gets beaten 37 seconds in the octagon. No. <laughs> what, what about going going back, going back now? What about Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell? Yeah, I mean, I was a big Couture Liddell fan, you know I mean? But still, like we go back, my guy, you know, I love Overeem, but my guy's McGregor, man. Even though he's lost, he's the, the past, present, and future. He's the best there was, the best there is, or whatever, and the best there ever will be in MMA. I'm, uh, I, I think the guy, I think the guy to take the brass ring now is is Adesanya. Is he? Yeah, I think he's. I, I, I he's the he's the one. You know, John Jones. John Jones has fucked up that many times now with different things yeah. outside of the cage. But is still, he... McGregor, as far as a, just a performer, oh my god! I mean, if, if he'd get his shit together and really train, I don't think he'd train like he used to. If he could get back that animal magnetism, that just that want, that will to survive, that killer instinct, he can do. I mean, look what he did early on. He was annihilating people, you know. And then he's got the gift of gab. He's got the personality. I mean. The sky's the well, it was the limit. I, you know, I mean, of course, we all get older and things go down, but at his prime, I think Conor McGregor, pound for pound, was the best fighter. It, it's 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 the verbal side as well, the wit. Right. He's so quick witted. Nobody, you know, when they were no. at the when they were in that press conference and um, yeah. Cerrone was there. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. The other guy was there. Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy right. Jeremy Stevens tried to start on him, and he just he just ripped him apart verbally. He's like, right. they're, they're all there for a paycheck. They all want to get in there with Connor, but right. But the the yeah. McGregor Mayfield fight, if it wasn't for uh, Connor and his his gift of gab, nobody would have bought that no. fight. Nobody no. wanted to see it. No, early on the buy rate was so bad, mm. and then when Connor they started doing those worldwide press conference and. Connor started chewing him up and spitting him out, and he didn't have nothing to say. I mean, it looked like like uh, 
uh, Mayweather had marble mouth. He didn't know what to say. Connor would just shoot him down, and nothing. He couldn't say anything. Connor would just shoot him down. But it got people interested. Mm-hmm. It got, and he stole that from wrestling. He stole that oh, from professional. You know he did. No question. And I just right. wonder. I just wonder. Like people keep toying with it. Will he turn up? Will Vince? Right. Will Vince take him at some point? I wouldn't be surprised. They've worked. Right. They've worked with Fury. Hopefully he won't sell out and go. They've worked with. They've worked with Fury. Do you know what I mean, Fury came in. Uh, yeah, but hopefully, hopefully, uh, McGregor won't sell out and go to Vince. I mean, that was Ronda, Ronda Rousey. That was her demise. Her demise was going to Vince. You can't. I mean, that's like a that's like a football player going into cheerleading. I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's 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 summed up perfectly there. Yeah, of course it. Yeah, on on the money, on the money. Absolutely. You can't do it. I mean, if you had any self respect, you wouldn't do it. I I, I people, uh, why is he took that fight with Mayweather? Because he's gonna get he's gonna get a hundred million dollars to, to, to right to box right. What would right. you what but would you, you do? What would you do? Exactly. You put him in the octagon, and Connor will eat him up. And I mean, he'd have probably toyed with him a little bit, but Connor would have broke his leg and could have broke his leg in thirty seconds. And that should have been the terms. Mayweather, right. Mayweather would never do it to save face because well, they what they should have done is not necessarily take down because Mayweather. There's no way. I mean, he'd have just bum rushed him yeah, and took him down. But you should have been able to leg kick. You should have been able to, you know, side kick and stuff like use your feet and hands. Of course, put pads on. If you don't like it, put pads, you know, kick pads on and boxing gloves. But he is still warm out with those leg kicks and stuff. What What about what about boxing, Scott? Are you... Fury, I, you know, other than Fury, that's all. I can't watch anybody else. What about I Anthony, love that guy. What about, Anthony, just a, what about Anthony Joshua? Or ever, or ever. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm just a big Tyson Fury fan. Mm. I like the guy. I mean, you know, and I don't have a lot of time to watch stuff. No, no. Watch. And the guy, so he's a phenomenon. I mean, you look at him and you're like, uh, you know, a butter bean almost. You know, looks like a butter bean, a big tall butter bean. And then he's dodging hits mm-hmm. and you know, just unbelievable talent. Unbelievable. We're very, we're very proud of that man over here. Unbelievable. He, I mean, his talent is unbelievable. And his, his, his intensity is there, too. You know, guy's not genetically gifted, no, no. you know, body-wise, but he makes up for in talent, bro. He, he makes up for talent. And, and he, he beat Wilder at his own game with punch power in the well, last fight. Well, he's, a, he's a mixture between uh, Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali. It's mm-hmm. exactly what he is. He's a, he's a 50-50 Mike Tyson 50-50 Muhammad Ali. To just see to see where he was with the depression and all them years out of the game. And then yeah. he, and he came back, he came back in and uh what, what, him, man. what an yeah, advocate. God bless him, man. What an advocate for mental health, Scott. When a guy right, exactly. when a guy of the caliber of that, a guy who you think's just like too strong to be mentally not with it, and he right. he, he bared his soul, Scott. He bared his soul. Right. That's right. that's incredible. That's incredible to me, man. I agree. I mean, unbelievable. Scott, are you available on any social media? I'm gonna. I think you're gonna say no here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not into. I mean, if you need something, I'll do it for you. But other yeah. than that, I don't, you know, is there I, any, I, 
any conventions, anything on the on the horizon that way? Wrestle. Um, yeah, I got some coming up. I I don't have my book with me right now. I do a couple of them. I'll usually do the ones in New York and stuff like that, and you know maybe the WrestleMania one. But I, you know, like I say, I try to stay as far away from wrestling as I can now. That's 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 understandable, man. That's your that's your prerogative, man. That's cool. Right. My my guest all the way from Fort Worth, Texas. I've been there, man. I loved it. They looked after me over there. Great people. Mr. Scott Putsky, former WWF WCW superstar. Thank you very much for coming on Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Right, brother. You take care, man. It was my pleasure. Love you, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. This episode was brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV. So go and check them out for anything wrestling-related, old events, new events when we come out of covid Podcast, you name it, it's all there at Powered Ford TV. So find them across social media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.